It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. But with me right now in studio is one of the finest sportscasters in the country, uh, Sage Steele, former co-host at Sports Center for years, uh, but knows more than just sports, knows a lot about life. And it's the first time I have a chance to meet you in person. I'm a huge fan. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm the fan of you. And I walked in eight seconds ago, so this is my hug. Uh, wanted, that is, well, I'm a hugger. And I was like, oh, are you gosh, a very physical person? Uh, well, that sounds very misleading, potentially. Very well, I mean, <laughs> because I know, like, uh, I think the stereotype is correct because I'm half Italian, half Irish. Yes. And the Italian side of my family are all very, hu- they're big huggers. Yeah. The Irish, uh, they invented the fist bump. Right? <laughs> okay, how about this? My mother is half Irish, half Italian. My, so she's she's that. Oh, so I'm my mother. And by the way, my grandmother, this is proof, um, Philomena Lena Di Pertola. Okay. So I know when you Hugger? see me, absolutely. When you see me, you think, oh, she's Italian for sure. But like, <laughs> I, I have proof here. I'm legit. Well, uh, you are legit. Uh, great interview with Megan Kelly. Enjoyed uh, every second. About you. two hours. It yeah. sounded um, a lot like almost like therapy and a conversation between two friends. You guys have known each other for a while? Uh, met her once. Um, really? Yeah. We have the same attorney, Brian Friedman. He's a busy man these days, and, right. and that's how we were introduced. I'd been a fan of Megan from the beginning here and certainly followed her career. She's someone I looked up to based on her professionalism and the way she does her job. And to experience that the other day was incredible. But, it, Ryan, it, it was therapeutic. I think that's probably the emotions that came out that were a little unexpected. I didn't expect to feel that way. But it was also, in hindsight, the first time I'd been able to speak freely about right. anything, but much less myself. So I think that's where the emotion came from. Were you living in Connecticut? I am living in Connecticut. You still are? Yes, I just Did you got have to a, live I'm, around Bristol? Yes. Oh, okay. Yay. Right. <laughs> I'd say here. I've only been there a couple of times. Yeah, don't, don't go back. It's, it's I, I live outside, and, and there's some beautiful little suburbs, but it's just not my happy place, put it that way. So Sage is going to come on One Nation. You're going to see us Saturday night at 8, and it repeats over at 11. We're going to take a, a short break, a shorter segment. And then we're going to come back for the rest of the half hour. Is that awesome. right? Thank you. All right. Do you want to talk at the break or just stare straight ahead and look at our phones? <laughs> I want to hug. Oh, you want to hug? Okay. <laughs> yes. I'll, use my, I'll channel my Italian side. Okay, All right. And you better tell. Uh, Sage Steele is here. Don't move. Brian Kilmeade Show. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm here to tell you, there's a misnomer that ESPN is some liberal place. That is a lie. I know a bunch of conservatives that work at ESPN. I'm telling you what I know. But the reason why I bring that subject up is because I think it's a mistake when a corporation tries to silence anybody. I think you let everybody speak. That way the company doesn't get blamed for the positions an individual takes. The individual has to be culpable for the words that we articulate and the impact that it has ultimately on us. If I say something and it ultimately costs ESPN dollars, and as a result ESPN says you got to go, they're not saying I have to go because of my politics. They're saying I have to go because I compromise their bottom line. And I think that's the position all corporations should take, as opposed to trying to curtail or silence anybody because you think their individual words are going to be a reflection on the whole. It is not when you let everybody speak. 
So Stephen A. Smith was was really talking about Sage uh, Steele leaving ESPN, uh, both staples of that uh, of the 24-hour sports network. And Stephen A. Smith knows, I just read his book, he was suspended twice. Yes. One time he was fired. Just like, oh, yeah. they didn't like what he was saying. Yeah. Got suspended for two weeks. because he's in a, And he's in a debate show. Yep. So uh, Sage Steele was actually here. If you're watching Fox Nation, uh, we're meeting for the first time. And we did have, uh, being we're both half Italian. You're a third Italian. I'm, half. I'm a quarter Italian, I guess. A quarter Italian. Yes, something like that. Mom's half Irish, half Italian. So what does that make me? Your yes, mom's a quarter. Have, yeah. Yeah, I would think, yeah, if we have to divide into thirds. <laughs> Math. We'll, you know, we're going to do 23 and me and just solve okay, this once yes. and for all. What is your take on Stephen A. Smith's kind of referring to your situation? I love that man. And I have worked with him from day one since 2007. And I have been a huge, <clears throat> excuse me, defender of his when he has been suspended because I, I, I didn't agree with the reasons why he was suspended at the time. And that was, an, and that was a while ago, too. But it was interesting being that it is a, his format is debate. Um, at the end of the day, Stephen A. is on record, and we've had conversations about this. We, we often disagree about a lot of things. Um, my whole point from day one is consistency. And you cannot allow everyone else to talk about whatever they want that has nothing to do with sports right. on our airwaves, on our platforms, whether it's, uh, it's any of the ESPN or ESPN radio or even social media, and allow and then the one person who happens to be me that speaks up about other things. And by the way, in the podcast that with Jay Cutler in which all the comments took place, um, that was my off day, my own time, asking about things that were personal to me as a biracial woman with the vaccine, et cetera. So I can have opinions on things that affect me. I'm not even talking about abortion. So to me, it's just being consistent. You can't have rules for some and not for others. And by the way, as a parent of three, it works that way, too. Consistency is all I ever wanted. And that's what's been missing. Right. Um, you would one thing to say, and if I if I'm misstating this, but you're biracial. Yes. And you don't want to disrespect your white mom by saying that you're black or white. You're biracial. Yes. And you brought that up with President Obama. You said, listen, why does he say he's black? He's got a white Actually, mom. Actually, I didn't bring it up. I was on The View. Barbara Walters on live TV brought it up to me right. and said, well, what, what's wrong? Why don't you why do you have to say biracial? Our current president, this is in 2014, our president says he's black. Why, why can't you? And I like, what, 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 show me the rule book. What, what is this? And most importantly, why? Yeah. Why does it matter? And this is in 2014 on ABC. No one had a problem with, with what I said then. Fast forward to 2021 and there was an issue. I will always say it, Brian. I am so proud of. All of me, yeah. of my black side and my white side. And to be told to choose is disgusting. It's wrong. That has a whole race connotation as well. And and I used to be afraid to speak about this. But when you're kind of beaten up your whole life about it and then someone comes out, enough. But I know from having spoken about it, the importance of getting it out there because there are so many people, biracial, young, old kids, girls, boys, who feel this way and I'm just not afraid, so I have to be there for them, too. Why choose? The thing, and I heard you talking to Megan about this, with Barbara Walters basically almost got, got physical with you <laughs> in the back room. I mean, was she, she, was she, I know she ended up sadly having dementia, Sure, yeah. but was I don't know if that was playing a role in that. I don't know. Listen, I, I said it kind of like jokingly because everyone who was there and witnessed it, and I, some of my friends Aggressive. were there, we were, it was just, we were, 
laughing. It was like I was speechless. You would think Whoopi Goldberg might have a problem with it, but you said she was kind. Whoopi was great. Yeah, she was She was great to me the entire time. I have a lot of respect for Whoopi, the human being. I really do. Elizabeth but when Hasselbeck I saw that, said the same thing, by the way. But go and on. I love Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah. She's a friend of mine, and I have so much respect for her and what she went through for so many years on that show. But when I, it was funny, and I said it in jest because I was laughing that Barbara Walters back then elbowed me, and I, and then people took it. Sage Steele says she assaulted her. You people need a life. Like, stop. Uh, I know. That's one thing. Um, if you eventually ever come to Fox or anything <laughs> to do with Fox, get used to that. Oh I, my I don't Google my name. Uh, but, you know, Sage, you've arguably had it. You've had a challenge almost every day because you are the breadwinner in your family. Yeah. You're trying to raise three kids. And you had your dream. You have your dream job at ESPN. Top five sportscasters, top three maybe in the country. Doing one of the uh, – my person as a broadcaster, you're putting together these highlights, putting them together, knowing you're ad-libbing half of them, doing two things at once. You have to be competent in all these sports, international names, knowing on the fly. A guy, you know, a guy scores 46 points. You better know how to uh, say his or her name. Yes. I just have so much respect. Thank you. Know, you. you get a, a tenth of the support, pe- support people actually think ESPN anchors get. You're doing everything. Thank you so much. Number one, you're on television. You understand. And so the pressure. Hard. And our show is two hours live every day, breaking news. It's kind of, What people don't see, which is my favorite part, that whole hashtag BTS behind the scenes, is we are walking and talking while doing highlights. The, the studio is massive. And it is a physically challenging show, too. The directors, we are the best and in the business. And someone in your ear. And someone in my ear, which is why I'm crazy. But I think it helps me <laughs> in this job. Right. It's it's as close to sports as being in sports, yes. right? Because you have to do things, adapt in real time, make your own decisions, and the ramifications are tremendous. I and absolutely you'll be, loved and it. And you'll be doing it again if you choose or you or you want another forum. You're not going anywhere. But I want you to hear, everybody to hear, the crazy comments you made to former quarterback Jay Cutler. Cut 56. What's the band-aid for? <laughs> well, I got my shot today. I respect everyone's decision. I really yeah. do. Yeah. But to mandate it is... Um, sick mm-hmm. and it's scary yeah. to me in many ways um but i have a job yeah. a job that i love and frankly a job that i that i need but again i love it i just um i'm not surprised it got to this point especially mm-hmm. with disney i mean a, a global company like yes. that but i just um like it was actually emotional like so and it's funny everybody else has their yay look and here's yeah. my card and let's I'm like you know what you want to see what my face looked like when I had to do it mm-hmm. um so I get it to to an extent but I think the mandate is what I really have an issue with and and I I I don't know I don't know what comes next and uh, we basically got it because you know the same thing at Fox you know we had to deconflict everyone had to go to separate studios and to come back in you had to get vaccinated but you didn't lose your job you worked from home. And then there was no disclaimer on this uh, on this vaccine mandate. It's one of the big stories today that we still go. And they're talking about putting masks on kids again. So uh, it's not over. So you that's have what this- I was referring to, by the way, that two years ago is what's next. And now it's here. All of a sudden, Dr. Fauci has come out of his basement again and we're listening again. And, oh, gosh, COVID's not over. I'm not listening. Well, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say we because yeah. you and I are not. And I think mi- here's I actually think millions of Americans many more millions, maybe who quietly felt that way back a couple years ago. To me, I'm concerned. I don't think people are going to take it this time. It's on the way. Like we know it. And you know what? They better not take it because if we as a society continue to just take these marching orders, especially when we are actually we're following your science and we're listening to you. And now 
you're full of it. We all know. And so to bring it back, if we say yes again, if we allow it again, it's our own fault. Absolutely. And I agree with you. Have you ever – and by the way, Operation Warp Speed – if you see the technology behind it, get the story behind it. I think their objectives were pure. I don't think it was to make Pfizer rich. It was to find a way out of this. The one difference between Trump and Biden, here's your vaccine. Make your own decision. Yes. He never would have mandated. Ask him. He never would have mandated it. In the beginning, he said, yeah, I got vaccinated right away. And there was other people that didn't. Now, why did President Trump get vaccinated? He told me. As soon as I called back and I saw some of my friends not in great shape in their 80s that were dying, and I said to myself, you know, we saw for a while people were being put into refrigerators because they didn't know what this thing was. They were killing them by putting them on respirators as part of the problem. So they were making it up as they went along. We know that now. They were killing them while dying alone, a horrific death. The families couldn't come in. So you made the decision, I'll do it. Got to keep my job, but I don't have to be happy about it. And what did management— I complied. That's the thing. I can have an opinion and and comply uh, as long as I'm complying. And I and I did that. And what happened? Uh, I was told um, you can't whack the company. You whack the company. You whack Disney. It's not going over well. And I said, but I, I what do you mean? I, I'm giving facts. They forced it. I, I do think it's sick, but I but I complied with it. Um, and then the uh, comments related to the Obama, Barbara Walters, and my own view on how I feel as a biracial woman, um, that didn't sit over well. And there were a couple of other the same conversation? Well. It, was all, it was all in the same podcast. It all took place in the same podcast. Oh, okay. So that's when I, the phone started ringing, the agent called, um, and they said in order to keep your, your job, you have to publicly apologize. And I fought it. Trust me. Trust me. I fought, because I knew right. that I was – wait, I'm just being true to myself, just like everyone else who's going on their own – Tangents on our airwaves, a big difference um, about, again, things that have nothing to do with sports on our own airwaves. So I just thought, wait, where's this double standard? I don't explain it to me. And there was no explanation. Um, And so I did it and I apologized. And then they released a statement and then I lost assignments and things that I had worked hard on weren't promoted and the domino effect. And it kept going and going and going. And at that point, it's one thing to apologize and move on, which is what I was told would happen. It's another thing for the punishment to continue to be levied. And that's where, again, a lot of years of things building up to this, but that's where I had to personally draw my line. And there's never been a a scarier decision I've made in my life because I knew the repercussions. When you stand up and when a lawsuit is filed, um, there's no turning back. There's no reconciliation usually. And that broke my heart because my whole life, when I started at ESPN, my kids were 11 months old, two and four. They're now 17, 19, and 21. Wow. All they've known is mom at ESPN, and we've had a beautiful life there. I have zero regrets from any of it. From even, even when, back in the day when I stayed silent about a lot of things, I probably shouldn't have. Um, but I'm not one to go way back to, let me dig this up. That was my decision then, onward. My decision now is obvious. Um, I'm so sad it had to come to this. My goal now is to, if I continue to to speak out, and hopefully other companies are listening, especially with what we just talked about, with the potential, it seems like, of COVID coming back, um, they have to listen to us, employees. It's my health. It's my body, my choice, is it not? So I I think that that it's really now or never, and I just hope that by me doing this, I mean, I'm just one little annoying person with a bunch of curly, like, but I hope that others aren't as fearful as I was for so many years, because at some point, shame on the employers for doing this, but I do believe it's personal responsibility. And I couldn't continue to complain about something 
if I wasn't willing to take a stand as costly as it might be. And it's been costly. But you know how many people listening right now without public positions have to put up with uh, not, let's say, a shot or things they don't agree with, bosses that are abusive, uh, situations where they're not promoted when they should because they say, I am the breadwinner. I have to suck it up and deal with it. It hurts your self-esteem. But what's your approach? I got to make my house payments. I got to pay my bills. That's why I I don't have, I don't, you know. I don't have a cushion, a two-year cushion to go find myself. Right. A lot of times they just don't mix. And a lot. And those, that's why that. people can relate to your message that you had to suck it up and say what you had to say to keep that job because you you care about your kids. And I got a lot of pushback for people saying, yeah, right. You're just like everybody else. You came out on your I'm sorry tour and you, and you did it. And, you know, all the names, all the attacks. And, that, and you know what? I, I understood it. But I, I was – I was so desperate and I wanted to be able to explain why I had to go ahead and do it and how I, why I had to apologize. Cause that's the first thing. Don't apologize. I had no choice. Here's the thing as a, a mother doing this, you know, their fathers um, in town were divorced, but, but he's involved, but as the mother and you know, um, primary custody, et cetera, um, they're watching me. And if I am encouraging my kids, I have two daughters and a son, but especially those girls, to stand tall and be strong and stand up for what you believe in and defend others. And then I st- sit silently. I, I, I couldn't do it. I was physically ill thinking about not practicing what I preach. Right. I just can't believe it had to come to this. But the stress of that moment when you had that meeting, it's almost like someone hit symbols in your ear. You're seeing what's happening. You're seeing your career Managers you thought had your back Uh, and friends, they all... The friends are, listen, friends in quotes, right? And I actually think that's been a huge blessing because that's when you know... It's thin the herd. Oh, and it's thin (laughs) and it's a very small circle. Um, And that's been painful. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I am a super sensitive, emotional person, but it's been a huge blessing to know who really... And by the way, people who don't agree with me on many of these topics, but it's not about that. I like you, the human. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your opinions are. It's about the human connection and loyalty. Loyalty. I'm an army kid, right? I mean, loyalty and integrity and principle matters. We come back a few more minutes with Sage Steele's kind enough to be in studio. Wasn't able to do that. Was ESPN let you? No, they would never let you come on Um, Fox, would they? I'm not. Oh, Stephen A. Smith used to. I'm I'm not Stephen A. We're not Stephen A. There's one Stephen A. Back in a moment. <laughs> Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first on the Brian Kilmeade Show. We ended up getting married at West Point. We were young and very naive. My parents um, pretty much disowned me and didn't come to the wedding or anything like that. They were in Panama, and she called her mom to say... I'm going to have a baby, and her mom hung up the phone. There were many things that were said about what a relationship with a black husband would be and how you would end up being treated, etc. And so how are her parents going to know she's okay? So I believe it was once a month. Once a month. And once a month, I would pen a letter. Here's where we are. Here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing together. So that is... uh... Sage Steele's parents on NFL Films, a great uh, documentary. Um, And I did not know this originally, but I was just listening that your dad was the first black football player at West Point. To play varsity football ever at West Point. Broke the color barrier. Unbelievable. But they were talking about what it was like for them personally. What years are we talking about? 
They got married in 1971, so in October is 52 years for them. And it was just coming off of the civil rights era and Vietnam and such a difficult time. And my mom's um, parents disowned her, a white mom, for marrying a black man. And so that was the story that I did not know until NFL Films did that piece on me, that every month my dad would write to my mom's parents who wouldn't respond, wouldn't pick up the phone to say, listen, you're not paying attention to her and you have disowned her but I'm taking care of your daughter. And that was that every time I hear it, I get, you know, you can imagine uh, your, your last name aptly uh, really talks about your parents, right? Totally. And um, I've used the hashtag for, thank you. I, I, here's the thing. I never, I never knew I was strong. I didn't know. And that's why when I said earlier, I wouldn't change anything, all of these ups and downs in my dream job, because I had to realize my strength and it's been a, it's been a blessing. And now you're on your own. Uh, you got your settlement on your uh, lawsuit. And if people want to know more about you, Sage, you can go to your website, sagesteel.com. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Brian. And would I be able to talk to you still Saturday night at 8 o'clock? Yes. All Hello. Right. Let's Thank go. Thank you. <laughs> From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.